Welcome to Embers and Wind. Are you feeling a calling to serve? What if answering this calling unleashes from deep within you leadership potential? I'm your podcast host, Keith Weedman. Blended three decades experience with knowledge from multiple disciplines to unleash hidden potential in others. In this weekly podcast, my distinguished guests and I will share what fuels us and how we serve. You will feel a gentle wind on the embers of service that glow within you. You will receive kindling for your capabilities and knowledge to build skills. You can utilize this gentle wind to ignite the kindling. You will be guided to do this for people you lead and serve. You can apply what you learn with people you love. Get ready to feel the gentle wind. Today's guest lives in Amsterdam, North Holland, Netherlands. He's an entrepreneur. He's an executive mindset coach and a high performance coach. He's the owner of Boss Labesque Life Coaching. Boss is also a mental fitness coach through Positive Intelligence, Inc. He's worked in the coaching industry since he launched his company in 2011. He started his executive mindset coaching and high performance coaching in 2019. Boss has a bachelor's degree in business administration and additional postgraduate work in business administration. Actually, he's got two bachelor's degrees. He has worked in the banking industry as a financial trader, consultant, and business analyst for major European financial institutions. He attended the Health Coach Institute. Please join me in welcoming Bas Lebesque to this podcast. The title for this episode is Mentally Fit. Welcome, Bas. Thank you, Keith. Great introduction. How are you? I am good. I want to know, and I'm sure there's listeners that want to know, what inspired you to move from the banking industry into life coaching? It's a journey that started over 35 years ago. That's when my, uh, uh, when my mother passed away. I was 12 years old. And now looking back at it, that's where the, the seed was planted, how you want, or how you want to say it for our questions, like what it means to live a meaningful life. What does, it, what does it mean to live a fulfilled, fulfilled life? How do you uh, look back at the end of your life and have you achieved what you wanted to achieve? Of course, I wasn't uh, raising those questions uh, at 12 years old, but that's where it started. And in, in, like in my first uh, or my first response or my first answer was to, to have a career and to create status and to create success financially which I did at a, certain, uh, at a certain point in my career when I went, especially when I had uh, uh, a banking career as a financial trader. But I also came to realize in that moment that I was doing something that wasn't really making me as happy as I thought I could be. The status and, and, and the material stuff was only, yeah, I was only doing so much. And then I really, I just felt unhappy and, and I, 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 really thought I needed to change something. So I, I, I took a very bold step for me at the time because yeah, I was kind of living in this golden cage and believing that I, it, the moment I stepped out of that cage, I would be living on the street. There was like, there was like nothing on be- in between. I either was gonna be this or remain a successful uh, trader where I was gonna be poor living on the street, losing my house. And yeah, it was kind of a 
surreal scenario, basically. But uh, um, yeah, I did take that step eventually, and I uh, um, took me about three years to <laughs> to take that step. But um, I did, and uh, I really do not uh, do not regret it. At that time, I did not really know very well what I was going to do next, and I kind of was hoping that it would somehow present itself to me. But I came to realize that I really needed to do like the inner work to, to find that happiness and to find that next purpose. And that's kind of how I rolled into, into coaching and how I started helping uh, other people. And that really, the transformations I realized with, with, with my clients, they're so, they so profound and they're so exciting, you know, and, and the feedback I get from them um, on how I, save their lives, save their marriages, you know, save their careers. These, these things I've, I've never, ever heard in my 25-year uh, corporate career. And that's really, you know, that, that's, what, that's what gets me out of bed, you know, having that kind of impact on people. Now, did you get any coaching when you made that transition? Um, at first, not. I, um, making that decision, I mean, now looking back, I would definitely hire the coach to, to make that decision because it took me three years uh, to make that decision. Had I had a coach, I probably would have questioned all my limiting beliefs way faster, way quicker. Yes. Uh, and I would have made that decision a lot faster. Then like going into my like into my sabbatical and then looking what my next purpose was i did not i did not have a coach yet but i did uh start to work out with uh with a crossfit coach on top of what i was already doing physically and i was already quite uh quite active uh physically i played squash three times a week and i was running and i was doing all kinds of other stuff but then on top of that i did three three times a week crossfit with a personal trainer very, very heavy uh, uh, physical exercise altogether. Um, and that, you know, that was, that was more like a coach on the physical side and like on, on the mental side going through all the, uh, like the, the mental issues around performing and, and competing because I was also competing in, in CrossFit. And that was, uh, I mean, I've learned so much in that, uh, in that coaching experience and, I've been with her for uh, nine years, three times wow. a week. So that's uh, that's a, was a huge uh, coaching experience, but um, and it definitely took me to to higher levels, physically and and in in the, in the CrossFit. So she was not really helping me like the, the way I help my clients now, but it was a very profound journey, interesting journey, and. And it's something I would not have uh, wanted to, to miss. Absolutely not. Now, you so, became a life coach in the process mm -hmm. once you left the financial planning industry. And it took yes. you a few years to get there. Mm -hmm. Tell us about how you became a life coach. So I, um, through going through this CrossFit coaching and, and being very uh, active physically, I had to look at nutrition as well, and I, I changed my nutrition and I experimented with, with various various different uh, diets, like uh, the paleo diet, the vegetarian diet, the protein rich diet, uh, 
but there's quite a few that I tried. But uh, um, so I was going, I was going through this process, and people were like coming to me and saying, "You should become a like a, a personal trainer, or you should uh, you should do something with nutrition." And I was really, I didn't really feel that. I was like, "No, I don't see myself like working in the, in a gym or." or creating diets for people or nutritional uh, schemes and things like that. So I was like, but I, I was interested. And then I, then I came across this lifestyle coaching institute, which is called uh, uh, the Health Coach Institute, HCI. Uh, and I was like, I'm gonna give, I'm just gonna give this a try. Maybe this is something for me, maybe it isn't. If this is gonna take me uh, on a new career path, I don't know, but it will definitely teach me uh, something. So I, uh, um, that's how I kind of got into lifestyle coaching. Uh, and then I started to get my first clients who I thought I was going to coach uh, on, on lifestyle. But I came to realize that, at least for me, yeah, life coaching is basically the underlying problem to the lifestyle. So and I'd like to you know, I like to solve the problem where where the problem is. You know, the, the lifestyle are just symptoms to to a deeper problem, which I which I'd like to tackle. And I saw that my clients were having much more benefits from solving these problems and then adjusting their lifestyles than just staying at the level of lifestyle. So um, that's how I kind of uh, rolled into into life coaching and how I got my certificate on, in life coaching as well. And then I, I bring all this experience from the corporate world with me. So that's kind of how I'm now coaching executives around uh, uh, mindset, lifestyle, life, life coaching. Could you share a story that highlights the impact of your work as a life coach? Yeah, definitely. One, uh, one, one woman I, I, I worked with, she, uh, she, was an, she is an executive. Uh, she's in the board of directors of a, of a 20,000 people company. And she, she came to me and one of the first things she said to me is, I'm not walking my talk. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean for you? And she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm responsible for all these people in this company. I'm the, I'm the, chief HR uh, executive in this company. And I, I talk about long-term employability, vital workforce, sustainability, but I'm fat. And these, these are her words, not mine. And she was, she was, she was uh, uh, let's say 30 kilos overweight, 60 pounds. And I could, I could see that that was bothering her. But at first you might think it's like, okay, you know, like, let's, uh, let's create a like more of a, an exercise regime and then maybe look a bit at food and then you know things will things will uh, will improve but then we really started to to look at her life and the way she 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 was she was living and working uh, she was working 70 hours a week uh, working five days to, to two in the morning and then she had like five children as well and I was like the moment she told me wow. that, I was like, <laughs> "How, how on earth are you still like sitting here and having a a, a fun conversation with me and being happy and, and kind of like in a good mood?" It's like I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I had no idea how she did that, but uh, um, she felt like she was standing with her back against the wall, and she uh -huh. 
you know, and this is something that happened gradually, you know, over, over maybe 10, 15 years. And she just didn't see a way out anymore. And so we, what we did is we, I, I do really believe in creating, a, well, you need to have the right foundation of sleep, uh, nutrition, uh, some kind of exercise, uh, healthy diet. And if that's not, if that's not working or if that's not at the, at the basis, basic level, it's going to be very difficult to, to create like higher, higher goals or, or purpose or mm -hmm. so one of the first things we looked at, uh, at her was like, you need to sleep. That's basically what I said to her. But I mean, if you're working 70 hours a week and, and you're taking care of five children, you know, there's not really, there's not really a lot of time you're, you're like doing nothing. Yeah. So it's really, you know, you have to really sit down and make critical choices on what you're doing with your time and what you're, uh -huh. where you're going to find, well, what shall we say, 10 to 15 more hours just to sleep. So we really dived into, in, into that first and, and, and she did. And, and the moment she started sleeping, things, things started to become so much easier. Um, then one of the next things we looked at was her, her leadership style. And we moved her from this kind of operational leadership into a strategic leadership uh, uh, role. And then, yeah, of course we tackled her uh, the, the, the way she was Look, looking at her role as a mother and how she wanted to be a perfect mother for yeah for all her children and then it's like describe to me what is a perfect what is a perfect mother in your eyes to to one child and uh, it was it was too much i mean <laughs> you know i don't think there's a mother that exists uh like that you know the way she was describing it and i was like oh you want to do this for five children and you want to keep your job this is let just let go of this perfectionism you know you are you you're doing you're doing fine as a mother and of course you will make your mistakes but you know your heart is in in the right place just you know stop beating yourself up over this and uh yeah that that's started started to change little by little as well her children started to starting uh, started to change as well you know they pick up on your energy so um it was it was a life-changing uh experience for her she's now i think working around 40 to 50 45 to 50 hours a week uh there's been a big reshuffle in the uh in their in in the board of directors and they kept her i think also because of the work that she she's done uh with me because she became she became the strategic leader that yeah that she needed to be and that was um, a phenomenal transformation I'm going to ask this question for the listener, and mm -hmm. you know who you are. What is an example of where you helped her shift her leadership style to strategic? What's one example of something you that changed? She wanted to create a, a new strategy for the company, and she basically, well, she thought she could do that in between emails. And I said, no, you need to start clearing your calendar like three hours at a time every single week to sit down and write this plan. And that's what she started to do. She started to honor her time for the role that she was meant to have. And that's how she, uh, she need, you, 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 you need the peace and, and, and the quietness and, and the time to create that. It does, it's not creative in, in a 15 minute uh, uh, between 
two meetings or right. like uh, between some emails or just like you know one hour after uh, after after midnight you know because you kind of need to rush it up or or yeah so that's one thing what tips can you share to help someone who could benefit from a life coach just keep showing up basically you know find little steps you can take every single day whether it's just like one step in the morning and whether that is something in, in your in your breakfast or like you will not look at social media or you'll you know you'll be kind to your spouse spouse in the morning that will start to move things in in the right direction and if you fail to, let's say you fail tomorrow morning it's no problem you know you'll do it the next day again and you'll do it again and again and again and in 30 days from now 60 days from now things will look different now you mentioned sleep before and you mm -hmm. also mentioned diet and you mm -hmm. also mentioned exercise. Yes. What about these three? What tips do you have for somebody who may not be getting enough sleep? They may not be eating a healthy diet and they may not be exercising like you do. Yeah. So like a lot, a lot of my clients don't, they don't sleep very well. A lot of us take our, our mobile phones to bed. And I mean, it's very easy to say, stop doing that. And, you know, put your mobile phone in the, in the, in the other room, but what I said to, to, to a client I spoke today, her and I agreed, is that she, after her work, she comes home. She doesn't really, I mean, she goes into the front door, but she doesn't go any further. She basically drops off her stuff and she goes outside and she, she takes a walk for 20, 30 minutes. And that's, um, you know, that, that relaxes her, that creates a break between uh, work and home. Uh, she gets fresh air. And that already makes her sleep like an hour and a half more every every single night. So and that's that's something that happens at, at six o'clock in the evening. So like an hour before going to bed, you know, you can wind down, you can switch off some lights, you know, preparing yourself, maybe read a book, don't watch so much, uh, don't have so much screen time anymore. But it's really about just try to change little things. If you keep doing what you were, what you, what you were doing, you will get the same results. And that's also, you know, what a lot of people do. They wake up in the morning after a horrible night or they'd be like, oh, you know, I should have slept more. And tonight is going to be basically horrible again. I won't be sleeping. I, I haven't been sleeping for the last 10 years. So basically the moment you wake up, you're already setting, your, setting yourself up for failure for the next night. So that's, that's, a, that's a tip for sleeping. Eating, mm -hmm. it's, I've, I've worked with a woman. She basically, she was eating all her meals in front of the television. And I said, can you have your dinner at the dining table? And that was the biggest shift for her in the, I mean, we did work through a lot of like her relationship to food, but she was eating massive portions. Now she sat at the dining table and she was looking at all this food on her plate, which she now couldn't eat mindlessly anymore. So she's like, am I going to eat all this food? And then basically she cut her portion in half and she was still uh, satisfied after uh, after the meal. And that had such a major that in the end had such a major impact. She came to me for problems with diabetes and she could stay off uh, of medication after just changing this. Excellent. And yeah, that's a major change, but that's something you you need to find. 
exercising. This is basically what I tell all my clients, do what you like, what you enjoy doing. Uh, I have one client, for example, and he, he was like, yeah, everybody in my company, they go running in the morning at six o'clock in the morning. I hate running in the morning, but I, uh, I run two times at night during the week now. And I, I want to go to three, four times a week and I want to do it in the morning. Then it's like, why do you want to do it in the morning? Yeah, everybody does it in the morning. I say, yeah, that's no, that's no reason, right? You know, let these people do what they want to do. Are you happy running at night? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm happy running at night. I love it. It's dark. I'm, a, I'm the only one and uh, no one is there. And I'm like, okay, you know, just accept that that is what you, what you like to do. And just by him accepting that, like the, op he opened up for a third time running and for a fourth time running. And by the end of our, uh, of our six months working together, he, he ran a half marathon. And that's, that's not something I particularly coached him on, on running a half marathon, but that just like switching that mindset or, or that belief into what fits you well. I had a 55 year old executive and he hadn't moved for, 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 for 10 years. Not really. I mean, he would go out for, with his wife for a, for a walk in, in weekend, but that was about it. And, you know, it's like, so what did you like doing when you, when you were exercising? And he's like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do jump ropes. And he knew all the tricks and, it's like, why don't you pick it up again? And I've, there was a bit of like uh, shame around it. It's like that this, his wife and his son were making fun of him. And, and I, he started to, to pick it up. And he, I mean, he loved it. And, and, and he started moving again. And, and that's start with one time a week. Start with two times a week. Whatever is feasible for you. A lot of us do like we, we go from nothing to every single day. And then you manage to do that for three days then the fourth day you you basically quit for whatever reason and then the fifth day you you don't pick it up anymore so create a goal that you can fulfill and that's it's it's easier you know if you say i'll do it once this week it's a lot easier to do it two times next week you know and then you build it up a little bit and then you'd be like i'll try to go to three times a week in three four five six weeks uh, depending on your schedule and then if you do it, you know, there's then a week that you just do it two times. It's no big deal. You know, don't punish yourself. And that's what a lot of us do. It's like, oh, well, I've only been like two times, so I will never succeed. But then you forget that you've done it already like 15 or 20 or 25 times. I don't know how many times, but yeah, it's, it's, it, it's progress. Boss, what drew you into the executive mindset in a high-performance coaching industry? Basically, my uh, my my corporate uh, experience and my uh, my drive to for habit change and, and improving uh, health and balance and transforming lives. And one, I've had the example about the the, the executive woman and, and her five children uh, being the HR responsible for so many people. I've discussed this case with with other people uh, in the past and and with my friends and and. Kind of the standard response or that I got is, well, she should, she should know this, you know, she's like, she's like chief HR, why does she need your help? She shouldn't she know this? And yeah, maybe she should, but I mean, she's human too. And she's putting so much pressure on herself to, to perform uh, in her, in her corporate life and in her, and in her private life. So yeah, these people, these people, yeah, need help. And I think the, the, the ripple effect of, of helping these people 
is so big. I mean, it has uh-huh. not only transformed her, her family life, but I'm, I'm sure it's, it's transforming the company to some extent as well. Us, there's a listener out there, and you know who you are, that wants to know the difference between an executive mindset coach and a high-performance coach. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? So an executive mindset coach is, or when I talk about executive mindset with my clients, it's some of these people, they are not showing up as the, as the executive or as a strategic leader that they are supposed to be. They are stuck mm-hmm. in, in an operational role or the, the, the previous role, or they're not really showing the leadership or the vulnerability or, or making the connection with, with their team, with their people. So that is the executive mindset. The high performing for me is more about doing more by doing less. If I use that same example again, if you want to move from, from 70 to 45 hours a, work, uh, a week, you need to change something, you know, and, and preferably improve as well. So that you really become that high performing person and that you are even with, uh, let's say, a, a human approach or, uh, you know, how the, the way you, you manage your team then be, be very strict on duration of meetings, for example, preparation for meeting. You know, it's like we have we've we've created these these rules, you know, you need to hand over your documents 48 hours before the meeting. So everybody has the time to read it, you know, it, otherwise it will just not be discussed, you know, and, and you have to educate your people and, and yeah. There's a guy named Brandon Burchard. He talks about high performance habits in his book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he says that high performers generate the emotions that they intend. And there's two specific emotions he says they generate to elevate mm-hmm. their performance. One is gratitude. Mm-hmm. And the other is joy. What are your thoughts about that? It's uh, it's funny. I just did a post on LinkedIn today on uh, on joy on the on the uh, on the workplace. Joy is 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 very important. You know, joy, happiness uh, on the work floor. Happy people create happy companies, create happy customers, yes. and I really I really believe in that. And I just see just too much unhappiness mm-hmm. on the on the work floor and a lot of times because gratitude is not shown by uh by leadership by yeah by, even even by clients you know it's uh i remember that when, when i was working as a trader we would make a hundred million for for a pension fund as a team but uh, uh, you know, at the end of the year, they, there was no gratitude. You know, the only thing they said we want 110 next year. Uh, <laughs> you know, which is like, I, that's fine. You know, you can challenge me or us, and it's like, yeah, it's, that was that was kind of mind blowing that you make uh-huh. so much money for for a company, and you know, and that's it. And I was like, okay, next. <laughs> you know, you get more gratitude at at the butcher. You know. <laughs> If you spend, uh-huh. if you spend ten euros or, or ten dollars or, or whatever, which is yeah weird. So no, I I, I totally agree, and um, it's not easy to create a a happy workforce because if if it, if it was easy, all companies would do it, and everybody would be very very happy going to work. But uh, right. <laughs> that's not really that's not really the reality. I think. Bas, how did you become a 
mental fitness coach through positive intelligence? So yeah, uh, positive intelligence is it's really it's it's something created by uh, Shirzad Shemain, and he he talks about saboteurs on on one side, and on a sage perspective on the other side, and if you if you start recognizing like your saboteurs, your inner voices, uh, and if you start to recognize the things they they are triggering uh, these saboteurs. Then you have something you, you, then you can start to work on that and you, you can bring in a, a sage perspective or a new perspective on doing something different the moment you're, you're being triggered and whether that is in, in work or by people or uh, by circumstances. And then the thing is you start to operate from, a, from basically a higher level of, of self-command and, and being more fit mentally. And this is, mm-hmm. this is something you can train. It's, it's really like going to the gym and, and doing repetitions. This is something, uh, the moment you're triggered, the, if the moment you can train yourself to, to go into your physicality, into your body, into your breath, into your like feeling your feet on the floor, just taking like, no one has to notice that you're, that you're doing this, but you can do this in, in, in silence, in a meeting, in, in talking to your, to your spouse and talking to your children and, things will will start to change and you become more fit mentally in 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 being triggered less by by these events or by these saboteurs does that answer your question it does thank you for clarifying that what distinguishes you from other coaches what i get from my clients is that i that i i do listen there's no judgment and and anything can be can be discussed i mean i'm not uh, um I like I like the openness. I, I do like the trust between coach and coachee, and I I, I yeah, regard that very very highly. That people share things with me that they mm-hmm. that they've never shared with uh, yeah with with other people. Like the other day, I I had this this young woman who shared that she had had three miscarriages and she had never even told her mother where she, she claims that she was in close relationship with her mother, but there was so much uh, shame and around it, which, I mean, is, of course, nothing to be shameful about. Thank you. Boss, there's someone in this conversation right now, and you know mm-hmm. who you are, that wants to learn more from you. How can mm-hmm. they learn more from you? How can they stay in touch with you? They can uh, reach me uh, through my website which is uh, bosslebesque.com, or they can contact me on LinkedIn. Uh, also my name, Boss Lebesque, and uh, all my contact details are there. They, uh, they can reach me by email, by phone, send me a WhatsApp, and that's, uh, that's the best way to get in touch. Every first conversation or coaching session is free to, to establish whether we are a good fit and if, if the issue you're dealing with is something I can help you with. And then, uh, then we'll, we'll take it from there. Very good. Thank you. And I'll include your LinkedIn contact and your website in the show notes to make it okay. easy for people. To yeah, perfect. It. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us today. And thank, thank you, you for being with us on Embers and Wind. I look forward to seeing you next week. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Embers and Wind. If you enjoyed today, please come back next week. 
please also share this episode with a friend. If you've not already subscribed to Embers and Wind, rated this podcast, and written a review, please do this now. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at embersandwind.net. Thank you again for joining us.